0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to all of you here in the Yogananda Amphitheater, live in person. And a special welcome to all those that are online watching as well. Many blessings to you. My name is Naya Swami Pranaba, and this is Naya Swami Parvati. And our guest speaker this morning will be our friend and Guru Bhai, This reading is taken from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda, with commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. The topic today is The Eternal Now. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with your, in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. When will I find God? Many devotees have asked this question. Because worldly goals acquire time, usually for their fulfillment, we imagine time to be a factor on the spiritual path. And so it is but only because we think it is. God is as much with us now as he ever will be. It is not he who needs to come to us. We need to come to him. And that process of coming is a matter of transforming our self-perception. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter four, Jesus Christ says, Say not ye, there are yet four months until, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look onto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. There is a practical teaching in these words apart from their statement that we have God already and have only to realize that truth. Jesus is saying, lift up your eyes and look. To hold the eyes uplifted is the best pos- position for meditation. For the seat of superconsciousness lies at a point midway between the eyebrows, in the frontal lobe of the brain, just behind that point. This point is known also as the Christ Center. By lifting up your eyes and concentrating there, you will find it easier to enter the state of ecstasy. That is why saints in every religion have often been observed during states of deep inner communion with their eyes uplifted focused on the inner light, white, as Jesus said, already ready to harvest. <clears throat> the Bhagavad Gita goes further in this meditative teaching. In the sixth chapter it states, Holding the spine firm, the neck and head erect and motionless, let the yogi focus his eyes at the starting place of the nose, the point between the eyebrows. Let not his gaze roam elsewhere. In meditation, tell yourself, I have him already. I am alive forever in that divine light. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind.
1: Oh, oh,
2: oh. Good morning, great souls, and a very happy Father's Day to all of you, a very happy International Day of Yoga to all of you, and a happy summer solstice to all of you. (laughs) Today is quite the celebration, but of course I feel the greatest celebration is that we're all able to be here together, whether watching online or here in person. I'd like to start with reading from Whispers from Eternity, prayer poems, prayer demands by our Guru Paramahantasi Yogananda. A million salutations at thy petaled feet, O lotus of light. A million salutations at thy petaled feet, O lotus of light. I pour out my heart's love before thee. I pour out my whole being. I offer the fragrant musk of my soul at the feet of omnipresence. O precious blessed one, pipe the song of thy bliss in the dark bower of my heart. I am thy very own. Ever shall I be thy own. I will laugh at all dangers for thy protecting love fills the golden chalice of my constant remembrance of thee. I cast every earthly passion and pleasure into thy sacrificial fire as an oblation of my devotion to thee. In thy blessed light, I will illuminate all shadows and expose as illusory my imaginary fears. In thy radiant light, I will remain awake forever, entranced by thy thrilling, omnipresent bliss smile through all eternity. May thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken thy love in all hearts. Oh, make my soul thy temple, make my heart thine altar, and make my love thy home. So today is a very important day as we celebrate the International Day of Yoga. As of course now we know is a time where there is a pull. There is a distracting force of energy that is pulling the world to division, toward division. And so how suitable it is today to be celebrating the International Day of Yoga. Because very simply, regardless of your path within the greater picture of all paths, yoga means union. Union with the little self, the little self that seeks division, seeks to understand the world through separation, and it unites it. It binds us to that divine presence that in that center point in all creation, which is the infinite, exhaustless bliss and love of God, In that center, we all begin to realize we are all one. And we ever always have been one and always will be one. No matter how much we muck up the the story, we're always remaining in that that presence because that's, in essence, who we are. Now, I think that this question, when will I find God, Uh, guilty. I've asked that question many, many times to Guruji. And I think we can all agreed to some extent that, um, that time exists of the present. It exists of the past, which is this extension of time before the present. And then reaching out into perhaps infinity in front of the present is what we call the future. Well, just for a moment, I invite you all to Just become present in the now, and whether eyes open or eyes closed, just become present to what you're experiencing right now. And I hope it's not boredom, but just take a moment and just notice, observe this present moment, experience it, feel it. Notice what you're experiencing right now. Now, what allows us to experience this present moment, to come into that space of awareness? It is awareness, it is experience, it's consciousness. And so often, though, we get caught. In investing our energy, investing our thoughts in this thing called the past, in this thing called the future, which all the great saints have agreed is just an illusion. All there is, is this present moment. And this is where we find God, at the center where there is that stillness, where our guru said that stillness is the altar of spirit. And so this is where we find God. So, it's so easy for us to get caught in investing in the past and future of trying to understand. But what we need to understand is how to become present and how to focus our consciousness, to focus our energy one-pointedly, here at the point between the eyebrows, the seat, the doorway toward this greater awareness of that we are a part of all that is. We're a part of a greater reality. There's a story of a young man who went to a fair, and he noticed that there were three lines. And the first line that he came upon was a very long line. So he was kind of checking out, what's this line for? And he saw in the distance a sign. And, it's, and the sign was announcing that we can tell you about your past. We can tell you about your past lives. And this, long, this was a very long line. So he thought, let me keep exploring. So he came upon the second line. This line also was very, very long, not as long as the, the first one. And he, again, looked for what's what's people waiting uh, to understand here. And the sign, of course, said, um, we will tell you about your future. So as he continued on, he saw this other line. There was only just a couple of people standing in that line. And there was a big sign that said, readings for the present moment, (laughs) for the present. And I think that this is a humorous story. But how much we can get caught in this understanding intellectually of the past and the future to help us understand the now. But in fact, how we can best understand the now is to become present in interiorizing our energy and focusing it one pointedly. Our Guru so clearly outlined this for us in his poem, Samadhi. And Samadhi is that state of consciousness, which we do begin to experience that oneness. And he, in his poem, Samadhi, Wrote past, present, future, no more for me, but ever-present, all-flowing, I, I, everywhere. And this is something that we don't have to wait until we experience this state of samadhi to embrace this. We can put it into practice. In fact, our guru recommended everyone to memorize this poem, samadhi, to attune to the state of consciousness. But we can take any one of the lines, put them into practice, and to help us understand and to remind ourselves where we need to be in our mind with our energy. And so wonderful, children exemplify this in such simple ways. Uh, a very good friend of mine told me a story recently of her daughter. They were uh, traveling to the ice cream shop, and they were having a conversation, and my friend, Uh, spoke to her daughter and said, so, when we get to the ice cream shop, what kind of flavor are you going to get? What kind of flavors are you going to get? And her daughter simply said, how will I know? We're not there yet. (laughs) So my friend, being a yogi, bowed to Divine Mother speaking through her child. But there it is, so simple. Becoming present is where we begin to unlock the joy that we're seeking, Our Guru said that people chase rainbows. If we keep chasing these rainbows for fulfillment, we're always going to feel that level of emptiness. So the more we focus on the experience in the now and understand what our Guru said, that God is center everywhere, circumference nowhere. This is what he means. We must seek the inner stillness, the inner silence through all of our activity, not just in meditation. But the mind the mind is so challenging sometimes to bring it into focus. I was very uh, inspired recently um, of understanding what the word, the Sanskrit meaning of mantra. And it's so beautiful that Parvati chanted the Maha Mantra today. Mantra means in Sanskrit, man, meaning mind. In tira, meaning is yours. How beautiful is that? Mantra means the mind is yours, to take ownership over the mind, p- keeping it from pulling you into the past, into the future, into restlessness. It's very simple practice, but sometimes challenging. But as you practice mantra, as you take uh, and repeat the word of God over and over again, bathing your mind with this divine vibration, it begins to dissolve the the boundaries of the ego begins to dissolve the ego into that greater awareness. And Swami Kriyananda, in I believe it was the 90s, invited the community to participate in this challenge that Swamiji invited everyone to keep their mind focused on God for five minutes at a time without letting the mind wander keeping the mind on God. So we were very inspired in the virtual community to um, take this challenge on about a year ago. And I have to say, it was quite challenging. (laughs) I thought before I was doing that, I thought five minutes, piece of cake, no problem. So as we embraced this challenge, I thought, well, something that would be a, a fun thing to do is Walking from the monastery to the Sangha office for myself was about 15-20 minutes of a walk. So I thought, let me set my alarm on my phone for five minutes. And every time that my mind wanders, I'll reset the alarm. And me thinking, five minutes, no problem. I'll probably start at five minutes and then I'll be around 20 minutes, I'm sure, within a week. So as I started my journey from the monastery, I left the front door. Started the phone, it was probably 10 seconds into my walk that I had to restart the phone. I think I exhausted my phone within a week of just having to restart the alarm on my phone. But what I noticed is the more that I embraced it, the more I saw it as a practice, the more I had fun with it, I did reach that five-minute mark, and then I expanded from that five minutes onward of chanting, Om Guru, Om Guru, Om Guru. And so, in the spirit of Swamiji, I invite all of you this week to participate in this. The more you make it fun, the more you make it an adventure with Guruji, with Divine Mother, the more you'll feel that you'll soar in skies of freedom as you free the mind from being attached to the past and the future, and you bathe it with words of God, of the Guru. So I invite you all, for those who feel inclined to do so, Yoganandaji said that if you take care of the minutes, the incarnations will take care of themselves. So let us try to keep that focus and renew that effort. Our Guru reminded us, renewal of your effort is essential. Every moment, try to come back bringing the mind to mantra, bringing the energy into your center, then you'll feel naturally as you feed a diet of joy, of words, of thoughts of God, welling up in your heart and your soul will be that which you've always been seeking because God is within you. Our guru said that there are two... uh, The growth of a plant requires two things. The ground in the seed. And he said that the seed in meditation is the mental preparation. And he said because, or one could say attitude, because if you enter your meditation with the thought, the seed thought, I shall never find God, I shall never find this greater experience, then Yoganandaji said you will not find God and you will have a restless meditation. So the more that we enter our meditation practice, which is essential for us to unlock this doorway toward understanding there is this eternal now of the bliss of God within us. And if we enter our meditation practice with the thought that I will find God in this meditation, I will find God in this Kriya that I'm offering to God. Nayaswami devashi has a very fun story that as he participated in the once-a-week men's kriya, he had a lot of resistance to wanting to go meditate that day. But as he had the thought that maybe this meditation is the one that I find God. So all of us try to bring that most joyful, anticipatory approach that this is the meditation where God will come to me. If he doesn't come, Swamiji said we must have to be prepared to wait patiently for what may be eternity. But if we can have that patience, that self offering without the fruits of our labor in that spirit, God will come to you. And God comes to us as peace, as light. Naya Swami Devi spoke beautifully last week about when you feel even a little touch of that light of God, it may be in the form of joy, of peace, of love, of stillness. That's God coming to you. Even our Guru. Try to exemplify this when he was, of course, having very deep meditations. But he was asking Sri Yukteswarji, when will I find God? So don't feel bad. <laughs> and of course, Sri Yukteswar said, do you feel joy in your meditation? Yes, Yogananda said, that is God. So when, you, when God visits you, feel that reverence in your heart and sit with that. Embrace it and feel that's who you are. And then carry with that as a reference point with you as long as you can throughout the day. Keep your mind on God, and God will keep expanding. There's a fun story that um, a young monk who was with Paramahansa Yogananda in the earlier days at the retreat, uh, after a morning of seva, he decided to take a break before lunchtime and walk up to the roof to meditate. And so he walked up on the roof in meditation, and he sat, and he started to hear these footsteps walking up the stairs toward the roof. And there wasn't that many people around. So he thought, this must be Guruji. And so he was thrilled. And with just that thought, his meditation went very, very deep. And so after a little bit of time went by, he started to feel something scratching at his foot. And so after opening his eyes, it was a dog. (laughs) It was a dog sitting by him scratching his foot. Now, this is a fun story, but there's a very important lesson in this story. Obviously, the dog wasn't responsible for drawing this soul deep in meditation, maybe. But it was the thought that my beloved guru is here. And so, when we meditate, when we serve the Guru, have this thought of knowing in absolute certainty Guruji is here, Divine Mother is with me. And we have to bring ourselves to that place within ourselves. It is our choice that we have to keep renewing, putting out the energy required to make that choice, to be in our center. When Jesus said in this reading that the fields are white already to harvest, naturally the question arises, how? How do we harvest this divine nectar? Swamiji tells a fun story that there was a young boy who entered the the army and went to boot camp. And as soon as he got to boot camp, all he did was he walked around picking a piece of paper off table saying, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. And so everyone became very concerned for this young man. No one could speak to him. All he did every day was walk around picking up paper saying, Nope, this isn't it. This isn't it. So out of care, they recommended him to see the psychiatrist. Natural first step. And so the psychiatrist tried to work with this this young man. But as soon as he got into the psychiatrist's office, he just started picking up pieces of paper off the table saying, this isn't it, this isn't it. The psychiatrist couldn't speak to him and thought, well, if I can't help him, then we're going to have to move forward with issuing a medical discharge for this young man. So the psychiatrist sat there writing up the discharge and then handed the piece of paper to the young man. And as soon as the young man received the piece of paper, he said, this is it. Swamiji loved to tell this story. And, you know, there is two different approaches toward harvesting this divine nectar. And there is that practice, which is the practice of neti neti, of not this, not that, of using that discrimination. And you can get there. But this is more of the the walking uh, journey to this realization. So naturally, the question arises, perhaps you're watching for the first time. Is there a quicker way is there an airplane route for example yes there is it's the practice of kriya yoga on this day of international day of yoga we have much to celebrate for us who have kriya for those who may be starting to tune into this path do embrace these teachings as much as we can because kriya is that airplane route in kriya as we are told, is one of the highest techniques ever given to man through self-effort to find and to commune with God. But it's not just a technique. It awakens our awareness to the Guru's presence. It opens us to receive that full flood of the Guru's grace. And we begin to recognize more and more fully that it is the Guru's grace that is everything. And the more we become in tune with that grace, the more all of these seeds of past bad karma, all distractions, all restlessness, become dissolved. And even a moment in the presence of a saint will will free one and be a raft over the ocean of delusion. Yoganandaji is not in his body anymore, but he's here now living in our hearts. And so the more we awaken that living presence of the Guru, the more we feel that all of these things that distract us from God will dissolve. What's becoming very important for all of us to understand and to embrace is that we have to energize our sadhana. We have to infuse our sadhana, invest in our sadhana more than the pull of maya. Because the more we invest in our sadhana, and the deeper, longer, thirsty, guru-given meditation is embraced, the more we begin to feel the tug of the love of God. Just last week or two weeks ago, I was watching a movie. It was an uplifting movie, spiritually focused. And I was sitting there watching the movie, and it was a good movie, but I felt distracted because I just felt coming over me this overwhelming feeling of grace. And I felt God speaking to me, saying, I want to be with you. Will you be with me? Will you spend time with me? And I immediately, of course, I said, well, oh, God, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> can, we, can we hang out in about 45 minutes? The movie is going to be finished. I did. I have to be honest. This is what I did. But, of course, that was ego G which quickly stepped aside. And my heart just felt so touched. And I quickly shut the movie down and I went to sit in front of my altar. And I feel God brought this in relation to today's topic. We have to invest in our sadhana. Is it a sacrifice? We know the story of Baduri Mahashai, who his devotee said, oh, Master, we're so thankful. You've, you've renounced riches and wealth and have dedicated your life to yoga to give us wisdom. You're reversing the case, Baduri said. Yes, I have left a few paltry rupees, a few petty pleasures, but in exchange for a cosmic empire of endless bliss, how then have I denied myself anything? You're reversing the case it is the worldly folk who is renouncing the divine nectar, the divine possession in exchange for a few petty earthly toys. Invest in your sadhana with the Guru, and you'll find more and more this tug of God's love pulling you. And it will not be that you're going to have to struggle all the way to the end. As you invest in your sadhana, this river of grace will keep calling you every moment, come, be with me. As soon as you, you stray away, God will say, come, be with me. Master said something very simple. The proof of the existence of God is not in books or in the words of others. It is within your heart. Just this week, a member of the virtual community emailed me asking for advice. And she told me a story that her granddaughter and her daughter were together this week. And the topic of God came up for in conversation. And so the the little girl, who was four years old, asked her mother, you know, tell me more about God. And so her mother said, well, God is in your heart. God lives in your heart. And the little girl just began to cry. And her mom asked, why are you crying? And she said, these are tears of joy. So this is our life as yogis, that we rest in that knowing that God's love is within us. I'd like to end with these words from Paramahansa Yogananda. And I invite you, if you wish, to close your eyes and to drink these words in as if our beloved Guru is alive, vibrant in your heart, within you and sitting right next to you, holding your hand, showering you with his blessings in love, listening to these words from the Guru speaking to you, to your soul, to your heart. The kingdom of God is just behind the darkness of closed eyes. At the first gate that opens to it is your peace. Exhale and relax. And feel this peace spread everywhere, within and without. Immerse yourself in that peace. Inhale deeply. Exhale. Now forget your breath. Inwardly repeat. Father, hush are the sounds of the world in the heavens. I am in the temple of quietness. Thine eternal kingdom of peace is spread tier upon tier before my gaze. May this infinite kingdom, long hidden behind the darkness, remain manifest within me. Peace fills my body, peace fills my heart and dwells within my love, peace within, without, everywhere. God is peace, I am his child. I am peace, God and I are one. Infinite peace surrounds my life and permeates all the moments of my existence. Peace unto myself, peace unto my family, peace unto my nation, peace unto my world, peace unto my cosmos, goodwill to all nations, goodwill to all creatures for all my brothers, and God is our common father. We live in the United States of the world with God and truth as our leaders. Heavenly Father, may thy kingdom of peace come on earth as it is in heaven, that we may be freed from diver- divisive inharmonies and become perfect citizens in body, mind, and soul of thy world. Om, peace. Amen. Guruji's blessings to you all.
1: mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh foot to be moved, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber, nor sleep, the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand, The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all, Shall preserve thy soul, the Lord shall preserve thy God.